Arjuna's absence saddens Yudhishthira. When Arjuna was in Indralok enjoying the hospitality of Indra, the Pandavas were spending their days in the Kamyaka forest. They missed Arjuna greatly. At that time, the great sage named Brihadwasa visited them. Yudhishthira poured out his grief to him. He said, "O great sage, can any king be more unfortunate than I am? My life is shattered without Arjuna. I feel the absence of Arjuna terribly. None could be more afflicted with grief than myself." To console Yudhishthira, Brihadaswa narrated the story of Nala and Damayanti to him and said, "O Yudhishthira, Nala had to suffer in the forest all alone. You however have Draupadi and your brothers to give you company. Do not grieve. You are afraid that someone may again challenge you to a game of dice. I am an expert in the game of dice called Akshahridaya. I shall teach you that and make you an expert." He imparted to him the knowledge of dice and left but the absence of arjuna was uppermost in everyone's mind yudhishthira said to the sage dhaumya thoughts of arjuna weigh heavily on our minds he is equal to all the great warriors of the kaurava side it is just impossible to destroy them in battle Arjuna will definitely return fully equipped with celestial weapons in course of time but in his absence we shall never have peace of mind in this kamyaka forest therefore please suggest some other sacred place where we can spend our time waiting for Arjuna seeing all the pandavas afflicted with anxiety dhaumya said to them I shall mention some of the sacred hermitages, sacred places and mountains. By visiting all these places, you will acquire great merit. When Dhaumya was describing the holy places, sage Lomasa came there. After being duly worshipped, he said, "O oh, Yudhishthira, after travelling over all the worlds, I went to Indralok to meet Indra. There I met your brother Arjuna also. Indra has asked me to convey to you the good news about Arjuna. You will be glad to hear that Arjuna has obtained from Lord Shiva the matchless weapon Pasupata for which you had sent him. he also learned both vocal and instrumental music dance and also the chanting of the sama veda he is now staying happily with indra he has asked me to inform you that he would be returning soon after helping the devas in their battle with the asuras meantime he desires that you should visit holy places As directed by Indra and Arjuna I shall go with you protecting you from all dangers Yudhishthira and the other brothers were delighted to hear about the achievements of Arjuna 
accompanied by many Brahmins and headed by Lomasa, they set out on a pilgrimage. Bathing in many sacred rivers, they purified themselves and acquired great merit and at last reached Prabhasa. Yudhishthira, after bathing in the holy waters, offered oblations to the celestials and the forefathers. For twelve days, he lived only on air and water. He sat in the midst of fire on all the four sides and engaged himself in severe penance. When he was thus practicing severe austerities, Krishna and Balarama visited them. The Pandavas were very happy to receive them. Seeing the hardship that the Pandavas were undergoing, Balarama and Satyaki suggested that they should wage a war against the Kauravas and destroy them. Krishna said, I agree with you, but Yudhishthira does not desire to possess land that has not been won by his own strength. He will not forsake dharma for the sake of glory. However, if he agrees, we shall put forth our united strength and destroy the Kauravas. Hearing their conversation, Yudhishthira said, There is nothing to be surprised at the way you speak. To me, truth is above everything, above even kingdoms. Deeply appreciating Yudhishthira, Krishna, Balarama and other Vishnis to cleave of them. Arjuna's absence saddens Yudhishthira. Now we start with the Pandavas at Gandhamadhana mountain. Then they started their journey led by Lomasa towards the Gandhamadhana mountain. Living on fruits and roots, they passed through rugged, craggy and difficult regions seeing various kinds of animals. The blessed Pandavas then entered the mountain inhabited by rishis, siddhas and the immortals and frequented by the Kinnaras. This was the favorite region of the Gandharvas and Apsaras. As they were approaching the Gandhamadana mountain, a violent wind arose accompanied by a heavy downpour. Thunder roared and trees were uprooted. Bhima stood underneath a tree holding Draupadi's hand. Yudhishthira and Dhaumya crept into a deep wood. Sahadeva took shelter under a rock. Nakula with Lomasa and others stood alarmed underneath a tree. When the wind had abated and the dust had subsided, there was torrential rain. They all stood trembling wherever they were. When the noise had ceased and the wind had calmed down and the sun had risen, they cautiously came out and met together. Those heroes then proceeded towards the Gandhamadana mountain. After walking for about two miles, Draupadi felt exhausted because of the strain of the journey in storm and rain. She fainted. Seeing her plight, Nakula ran to her rescue. 
Yudhishthira, taking her up in his lap, began to lament. The Brahmins and sages consoled him. They uttered mantras and performed religious rites. Thereupon, Draupadi felt at ease and slowly regained consciousness. Yudhishthira said, O Bhima, we have still to walk a long way. Will Draupadi be able to manage it? Bhima said, Do not worry, I shall carry Draupadi and all of you on my shoulders. Or better still, if you allow me, I shall summon the mighty Gathot Kacha to carry us all. Yudhishthira agreed gladly. No sooner did Bhima remember his son. He appeared with other Rakshasas. They saluted the Pandavas and the Brahmanas and said, Father, what are your orders? I shall carry them out instantly. Bhima embraced his son affectionately. Directed by Yudhishthira, Ghatotkaja carried Draupadi and the other Rakshasas carried the Pandavas and the Brahmanas. After passing over several mountains, they reached at last the charming hermitage of Nara and Narayana. It was crowded with many rishis and was resounding with Vedic chants. It was a place free from hunger and thirst, heat and cold. It destroyed all sorrows. The great rishis who were engaged in the chanting of the Vedas had already foreseen by their supernatural powers the arrival of the Pandavas. The hermitage was like the abode of Indra and the Pandavas experienced supreme bliss on reaching that place. They derived great pleasure in roaming about in those excellent and charming forests, seeing the Mainaka mountain with its golden peak and also the auspicious Vinda lake. They lived there for six days happily, waiting for Arjuna's return. Bhima meets Hanuman One day, a wind blew from the northeast, bringing along a thousand petaled lotus. Draupadi became very much delighted and spoke to Bhima. Oh Bhima, this celestial flower has charmed my heart. Can you get me some of these flowers? Bhima immediately started towards the north to satisfy Draupadi's desire. Bhima moved with the speed of a hurricane. He rode fiercely to drive away the animals that stood in his way. Awakened by the loud roarings of Bhima, lions came out of the dens while other animals hid themselves wherever they could. In that forest dwelt the great Hanuman. He was sleeping. The noise woke him up. He shook his tail and dashed it against the ground. The noise it made resounded among the caves of the mountain. Hanuman being the eldest son of Vayu, Bhima was his younger brother. Hanuman wished to protect Bhima against any possible danger. Bhima saw the monkey chief resting on a high rock. 
his coiled tail covered with long hair now rose like a banner seeing a huge monkey lying in his path bhima approached it and roared like a lion hanuman opened his eyes a little and looked at bhima with apparent indifference and said i am ill and resting why do you disturb me should you not be kind to animals tell me who you are and why you have come to this forest beyond this spot this forest is, is impregnable proceed no further young man rest a while here and go back to where you came from bhima replied i am bhima son of kunti and vayu may i know who you are you do not seem to be an ordinary monkey you must be some demigod who has assumed the form of a monkey hanuman said i shall not allow you to go any further it will be good for you to return bhima again said give me way o monkey otherwise you will come to grief at my hands hanuman said i am seriously ill therefore i have no strength to rise if you are resolved to go then jump over me and go jump over you said bhima brahman pervades all bodies i cannot show disrespect to him otherwise i would have leaped over you as hanuman did across the ocean who is hanuman my elder brother he is a person of great accomplishments he is endowed with great intelligence and strength it is said that i am equal to him in strength get up and give me way otherwise you will meet with death at my hands Hanuman wanted to tease him further. He said, "O oh Bhima, be kind towards me. I am very old. Try to move aside my tail and go on your way if you can." With a smile, Bhima carelessly tried to take hold of the tail with one hand but could not. Then he tried with both his hands. his face was contracted into wrinkles and he perspired profusely but still the tail could not be moved when he failed to raise it even after repeated attempts bhima stood in shame he bowed down to hanuman and said surely you are not a monkey who are you sir hanuman then revealed his identity he said Oh Bhima Rama gave me the boon that I shall live as long as the Ramayana remains on earth My only desire is to hear that great epic again and again wherever it is sung This path is impassable for mortals For this reason and as also in order that none may defeat or curse you I obstruct you but the lake in search of which you have come lies in another direction Bhima immediately 
bowed down to his brother. He said to Hanuman, None is more fortunate than I, for I have been able to meet my brother. For a long time, I have cherished the desire to see the magnificent form you assumed for crossing the ocean. Pleased with his brother's humility, Hanuman showed him the form in which he crossed the sea. He assumed a gigantic body, growing exceedingly huge both in length and breadth. He stood there covering the whole forest, rising to the heights of the Vindhyas. Bhima was wonderstruck at the marvelous sight he saw and bowed low before his extraordinary brother. Hanuman once again assumed his normal form and the two spent their time inquiring after each other in a leisurely manner. When it was time for Bhima to leave, Hanuman embraced him by which act the latest fatigue was gone and all his strength was restored. Hanuman said affectionately, O Bhima, do not tell anyone that I live here. I want to grant you a boon. If you so desire, I shall go to Hastinapura immediately and kill those worthless sons of Dhritarashtra. I can even pound that city into a pulp. Or shall I bring Duryodhana bound hand and foot? Bhima was delighted at heart to hear the words of Anjaneya. He said, O oh Lord, I consider all this as already performed by you. With your help, we shall certainly conquer all our enemies. Hanuman said, I shall sit on the flagstaff of Arjuna's chariot when the war begins. I shall dampen the valor of your enemies with my shouts of encouragement to you. For the present, you proceed on your journey. The path is very difficult, but I shall indicate it to you. Be careful. The brothers once again embraced and parted.